Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of The Yacking Show. And this is a show with an expert for our business channel. It's a show where we bring you actionable tips and ideas to improve your business and help you thrive and survive in the interesting times we are experiencing and looking at. We do that by bringing you interesting guests to help you in all areas of your business. Today is certainly no exception, but Kathleen introduces our guests, and she does it far better than I do. So let's first welcome co-host Kathleen Beauvais. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We are so privileged to welcome Dr. Risa Wolf to the show. Hello, Dr. Wolf. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. Now, this is a topic I think most people will find very interesting in the business world, and that is the world of public speaking. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Wolf. She is the CEO of Confident Speaking. She is a communication and public speaking expert who has coached executives from some of the biggest organizations in the world. And today, of course, she'll be speaking with us about overcoming the fear of public speaking. So let's jump right in, Dr. Wolf. Can you, I mean, many people rank the fear of public speaking with the fear of death. Is this accurate? And what is it about public speaking that creates such anxiety? You're absolutely right. Survey after survey has shown an absurdly large number of people, like 75% of people on earth would rather die than give a speech. So death is second. And Mm -hmm. why does it happen? This is the interesting phenomenon. Most people, when I say, so can you speak to one person, to small groups? Oh, I kill. I'm great with small groups. But I'm really scared when there's a large group. But what you have to realize is there's no such thing as a small group. Even in a group of 50 people, if your comfort level is three, look at three people and help those three people to learn your information And your self-talk should be, I know I'm good with three. Let me just do what I always do. Because there are three. And if you just have had everyone number off, you're three, you're three, you're three. It's just a bunch of threes. There is no such thing as a large group that I have to be better than myself in. So one of the big tricks and one of the big techniques is to, when you rehearse, think of three people talking to them. Maybe find three people. Maybe look over there when you're in person, find three people, perfectly legit. And what happens is you already are good. You already persuade people and you get to do that, even though a whole bunch of threes are listening at the same time. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, very good idea. So here, here's one for you. And and I, it's an observation and a question. I, as you can, as our viewers know, and as you can see, I'm, I'm no longer young. Uh, some people say old. My kids say I'm old. And I, so I was educated in a different system and, and in a British, although it was in Africa, in a very British oriented education system where way before the days of TV, well, TV was around, but before the days of internet and mobile phones, we actually had, were expected to talk quite a bit in school. We had debating societies. So my, that's my observation. And we got used to it some more than others. So my my question to you is, do you think our current education system contributes to this fear of public speaking? One time I was talking to some people and this lady said, you know, I told them what I did for work. She said, I'm a fourth grade teacher. 
I do exactly what you do. I have the kids come up and give a talk. And if they're not good, I say, oh, that was terrible. Sit down. And I thought, you're the reason that people come yeah. to me when they're 35 years old and pay me a lot of money because of you. And because here's what happens. Not only does the kid who was humiliated in front of their peers think to themselves, I am never going to put myself in this situation again. But every kid in the room says, I'm not going to put myself in that position yep. again. So I would say, without a doubt, it's either that situation or in college something happened or people who are really talented suddenly are with peers and everyone's equally talented and equally smart and they're not getting the same response. And the little fearful part of their brain connected to our most basic reptile brain goes, whoa, this is not a safe place. Don't, don't, don't do anything that would make. And then it starts. And then once you get in that train of thinking, it can pretty much mess you up. So yes, sure. no question about it. And here's the deal is that there are ways to get rid of that fear, and that's to examine, is it true? If, if if I were giving a talk today at my corporate office or at my company that I own or whatever situation you're in, and if that fourth grade teacher were in the room, and when I was done, if that fourth grade teacher said to me, that was terrible, what would I do? I would think, lady, sit up, get out of my, get out of my room. Yeah. Who, the hell, who the hell are you? Oh, pardon me. Who do you think you are? So the point is, is that you want to look back on what am I telling myself over and over? Because if that had happened, then every kid in the room before they have to speak at work and why they turn down promotions because it has speaking is that I don't want that to happen again. But Mm -hmm. really, who have you become since then? True. True. Yeah, very good. So I know you touched on this with looking at a room and look and and signaling out like groups of three people. But really, what are the first steps in overcoming the fear of public speaking? For Because for so many people, just the idea of it gives them a stomach upset. Or... <laughs> yeah. Even right? professional speakers, they, they often have an upset. What they do, though, is they turn on their confident self. Mm-hmm. So even though inside you want to puke, <laughs> yep. you still show up and go, hi, I have some ideas I want to share with you today. Click first bullet. And, you know, the first five minutes, everyone has normal speaking fear. That isn't anxiety. But what I suggest is that you actually absolutely plan what you're going to say at the meeting. Many people go, yeah, they're going to probably ask me these three things. I I can talk about that. And that's the end of it. And then they walk into the meeting. They're asked about one, two, and three, and they're giving impromptu speeches. Now, that is nuts. If you know what you're going to do ahead, make a few notes. Put them in front mm-hmm. of you. If you're on Zoom, stick them next to the camera and you look brilliant. That's how you can keep yourself on track. And when you lose your place, you have notes. Okay, but may I ask this? So if you've got notes in front of you, most people will go, um, as they look down <laughs> and try to regroup and try to you know, think of, okay, well, what was it I was saying? Ah, so and here's the deal. Those, uh, um, <laughs> okay, there's two things. One is the odds and ums, which I'll talk about in a minute, because right. that's an easy fix. The other one is when I lose my place. So be sure that your notes are helpful. If you write out your notes as a paragraph, you're saying, I think I'll mess myself up when I'm speaking and make sure I can't find my place. Everyone has done that. So instead, just take each sentence and make each one a bullet on its own. And then 
what's the most important thing in that sentence? Usually there's one or two words that will remind you of the whole thought. Mm -hmm. Memorizing is just stupid. You want to memorize the opener and the close, but the rest of it, look down and describe it to people and talk about it. When you're done, look at the next point and talk about that. Does that help with finding my place and keeping on track? Sure, not, sure. And not, and a, not enough. Tell me what, tell me more because I want to hear the rest of your question. <laughs> well, actually, the, one of the questions that it did have for you, you've asked, you've answered because one of my questions was, uh, is memorizing a whole speech because, and, and you know what? And I agree with that because I used to do some networking for groups, not huge groups, maybe what, 30 to 40, sometimes 50 people. And I would just, I'd just be in knots inside and I think, okay, I have to write out a script because I won't know what to say on the cuff. I just won't. So I would try to memorize a script. And by the time, oh, it happened all the time. By the time I got in front of the group, I would mess it up. It was, it was like, yeah. I, it was bad acting. <laughs> you know, so half of it, half of that prep you did well, which is I'm going to think ahead of what I'm going to say. Many people cannot prepare unless I write it out in paragraph form. Fine. I always start off with an outline, just I have like three main points and what should I say under each one? And I really only put a few notes under each one to begin with, because as soon as there's a whole sentence, my crazy self is going to go, oh, I have to read it. And, and then and if you memorize, it sounds memorized, sounds like you're reading. Instead, rehearse each line, saying it a few different ways. You just have to make the point, not the exact word. So you're halfway there and that you knew to think ahead but I would make your notes a lot more helpful to you. And then here's the big thing. The, when I have a new set of notes, the first time I rehearse out loud, I stink. And so does all my contemporary people. I mean, I've been training people in public speaking for like 25 years. And I've been, I used to do three-day seminars. People would say, you have my attention for three days. And I said, and that's what I'm teaching you to do. That's my strong skill is capturing and then recapturing, holding attention. You know how there's certain people, everyone knows certain people that when they speak at a meeting, everyone turns and listens to them the whole time. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to say to those people, how do you do that? They would go, oh, I just can't talk. They don't know. Right. I'm one of those people. But because I've taught public speaking, I know exactly what to do. And I realize. I know how to fix public speaking. I have a doctor in psychology. I actually studied with the man who invented cognitive therapy, Dr. Albert Ellis. That's why mm -hmm. I work really fast. So what I do is I know exactly what I do and I teach people how to capture and hold attention. You already know, you just turn on confidence and how to use notes the way I've described. I, what I did was just to tell you something, if your listeners and people watching are interested, I put all like 45 ideas about stopping public speaking into a tiny book. And I threw in some, I'm a TED Talk trainer. So I threw in TED Talk tips and I made it a tiny book. So it's like a one week class. If you read that book, you'll become a confident public speaker. It's shocking. The book is called Mr. Bear Speaks Without mm -hmm. Fear. Just Mr. wanted you Bear to know that. Speaks Without Fear. Speaks and how do people, well, actually, how do people get a hold of that? Amazon, one? Amazon, Amazon. Or you can, you, know, you can see my name, Risa with T, to, imagine a, Look at my name. Yes. Imagine a wolf eating a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? I also addressed this. The second part of your question was, 
the ums and uhs. When you, rehearse, when you rehearse a few times, the first time I rehearse and I started to say the first time all of my professional speaking colleagues rehearse, we stink. But we know the, you know, the fifth or sixth time you say the same thing, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to show audiences the sixth or seventh time. What people who are afraid of public speaking do is they have notes. They go, oh, this is so great. I have notes. I have so oh, great. I have notes. I have notes. Oh, I don't, I don't want to rehearse. I, I'll get too scared. So what they do is the first time out is in front of the real people and they stink mm-hmm. and they go, see, I can't do it. No, no, no. You have to rehearse a whole bunch, <laughs> but don't rehearse the whole talk. Rehearse five minutes at a time. Always the opener, always the close. And then maybe a part you're less familiar with. And mm-hmm. so that's one way to get rid of the ums, because the ums are like, oh, God, what was I going to say? Well, if I rehearse it, I pretty much know what I'm going to say. And if my notes are helpful. But here's the other thing. This is such a phenomenon. When we stop to think. It, it feels like 10 seconds. If you watch yourself, if you record yourself and you time, how long was that that pause? It's about three seconds which is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh my God, I, I swear it was 10 seconds. I even put this in Mr. Bear. So what I want you to know is when you pause to think, it's not as long as you think. Your mind thinks four times faster than you should speak. So it's coming up with the answer. So the antidote to um, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Basically, essentially all those repetitive words is to close your mouth when you're thinking. In between sentences, when you pause between sentences, close your mouth. I would say it took me quite a while to perfect this. But now one reason that I hold people's attention is because of the silence that I mm-hmm. use. Crazy. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Very good. Excellent. And I, I've got to jump in and in Kathleen's defense, I was at some of those networking meetings, and when she did forget her script and, and spoke as if she was just speaking to one or two people, every, I certainly thought she had been doing that for years, and I know speaking to other people. So what I'm saying is the reality was far better than her fears and her expectations. It, it was much better. So. Well, thank you for that, Peter. No, you're welcome. And I've told you that before. And now that we have a witness, you might believe me. But anyway, that, and I've, I've found that with I'm other an expert. <laughs> uh, well, expert witness. There we go. So, <laughs> Dr. Wolf, what are some of the benefits? People come on your course. They're, they're petrified about having to make a speech at the annual board meeting or whatever. They come on your course. What are the big advantages they're going to go take away from uh, coming and learning from you? Mm-hmm. At this point, I only do one-to-one high-level coaching. Mm. So many people have started at Toastmasters. That was my kindergarten, too. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm kind of graduate school. And people come to me when they – the corporate people – I'll just describe my typical people. Sure. Corporate people come to me when they have pretty much avoided giving talks forever, and suddenly they cannot get out of that talk six weeks away – and they know they need help. That's one group. The second group is when they've really messed up and they realize, oh my gosh, I've gotten through my life so far just on talent. And now I, there's something wrong with my brain. And that's true. There really is something wrong with their brain. That is, mm-hmm. there's old wrong t- uh, programming going on. So because I study with Dr. Ellis, I take out the crazy, fix it, shove it back in. Because it's social anxiety. It's thinking, what do they think of me? Mm-hmm. stop that now 
have this thought. I'm only here to help them. Mm-hmm. When I don't know an answer, I'll I'll fi- I'll say, let me find that out. I'll get back to you. Right. Right. Okay. Very good. Um, oh, but you asked me the benefits. Oh, for God's sake, everyone, look at the people you've worked with who are idiots, but they speak well and they get applause and they get promoted. Now, those of you listening, clearly you are a self-selected group of people who are qualified, competent professionals who even want to be better. Imagine if you could speak every dream you have. If there's a blockage like, yeah, but I don't look as that. I don't look like that. So you'll get promotions. People will listen to you. You can motivate better. You can persuade people more. Mm-hmm. It It's across the board. Even when you go to networking events, you won't be afraid to walk over to people. It's at a meeting. Many people come to me because they go, you know, I have ideas to share at a meeting, but I don't raise my hand. And then someone else gets the same thing and they get credit for it. So all of this sort of training and even the book really does take care of that. And my fees are exactly the same as a regular counselor and people's lives are transformed. It's thrilling work, thrilling work. Go in, fix the brain, shove it back in. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. It seems rather inconceivable to me that top executives from Fortune 500 companies have a fear of public speaking. To get to that stage, usually they've been able to overcome these fears. So what can you can you tell us a little bit about what they might be experiencing at that level? Usually when very top people come to me and I do get mostly business owners of tech companies. So I get Mm -hmm. techie types, engineering types, and surprisingly, salespeople, salespeople who suddenly have to speak to a larger group. So you're, you're, tell me again, your question. Uh, What exactly? Why do top people have fears? Pardon me. (laughs) And what do they experience? I mean, yeah, they, they say to me, you know, I just kept, I kept getting promoted, but I really never learned this. You know, I kind of, I do okay, clearly. But I want you to fill in the blanks. And also mm-hmm. now because of TED Talks, people's expectations are that you're going to give an organized talk, you're going to get to the point, and you're going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. All of that's learnable. And in fact, I covered all of that. I just see this as the, the, the it's like the culmination of my work. If people are thinking, gee, she's wonderful, I can't afford her. Well, everything's in like a book. So I'm not... I don't need the money for the book. I'm saying if you're suffering from public speaking fear, do something for yourself. It is not in your DNA. It was a learned behavior and you can learn to do better. So the top people really, they simply don't know how to organize their thoughts. They usually don't use notes and they are afraid to be their natural selves. Mm-hmm. And they want to be perfect. I think I would say the biggest thing is people wanted to be perfect. Absolutely. When the opposite is true. Right. All of us will make mistakes every time we speak. Just fix it. Keep talking. So I'm curious. Are you ever nervous? Oh, my God. Yes. Are you? After COVID, I was asked to give a talk to the whole state of um, it was 400 people in a big, typical, you know, huge ballroom of a hotel. And I had my five minutes normal speaking fear. It didn't go away. I spoke for 45 minutes. I was scared the whole time. No one knew it. Why? Because the first thing you and I said is, I turn on Dr. Wolf. Because the only goal people have when you speak is you have ideas in your head that you're trying to push into their heads. So if I look 
as scared as I feel, they won't hear as much because feelings are so contagious. But if I look good, which is just, I have a choice. I can look like, you know, when you go to a job interview, you're scared, but you turn on your confident self. Same thing when you speak. Mm-hmm. I just turn on, mm-hmm. I have the same speech. Nothing's different, but I turn on and act as if I'm comfortable and I act it out and everyone hears more. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. game of public speaking is, it's a psychological game. How can I get those people to hear my ideas? I'll do anything that takes, whatever it takes. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. I, I got to agree with you. I, I, I said earlier that I'm not, afraid of speaking in public and I've done a fair bit of public speaking nowhere near the level you have but I still get nervous um when I start and I have a little little mind game I get in a zone I have a little little thing to do and it only takes a minute or two as you say and you you switch into your confident mode and away you go and uh, mm-hmm. I, I do have the advantage that I generally tell the same sort of story every time I speak which which I find helps as well my question, though, that was just an observation. My my question is to you is, what about teleprompters? Uh, what's your thoughts uh, on using a teleprompter? I would say that a teleprompter, if you just have your regular outline notes on a teleprompter, that's the thing to do. As soon as it's written out, you will read it and you will sound like you're reading and no one will pay attention. Everyone mm-hmm. who's listening today has heard people that read their notes and no one likes it. So don't be that person. Instead, use outline notes, rehearse a few times so you're more familiar with your stuff, and then use that to kick off you explaining it as you always do to a small group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, good point, good point, good point. So we've got a little bit of time left. A uh, quick one for you. You mentioned Toastmasters early on, and I was a, a president of a local Toastmasters club for several years here in my little town of Canada. Unfortunately, um, with many of them, they didn't survive COVID, so that's no longer operational. Uh, would you say that's a good training ground for people to start off with? Mm-hmm. So I love Toastmasters. It was my very first thing. When I moved to a different city, I sampled this Toastmasters across every city in person yes, and Zoom stuff. When I visited, when I moved to new cities, I visited various groups and I never found a group that I liked as well. So I would say for everyone, Toastmasters is great. And it has an organized way to simply, if you're not used to just standing in front of people and, and giving a talk, they never cover fear of public speaking that's really i have a doctor in psychology i cover Mm -hmm. it you know have heavy duty but it does get you used to speaking it does get you used to getting feedback from people but make sure you visit groups until you find one where people actually help you Mm because i don't want to go to a group where they go that was nice that was really great that's not helping me (laughs) not at all not at all no that's that good point good point so here's what here's my burning question unless Kathleen can I ask Dr. Wolf my burning question we call it the burning question because we ask all our successful guests this question and you're clearly successful it's not directly related to public speaking but it it is in a way in your experience Dr. Wolf with all the people you've worked with you've coached you've counseled you've uh, made better speakers of is there one characteristic or mindset or habit that distinguishes the successful leaders from those that remain average yeah, no question. It's preparation before. No question. Preparation before. You don't get to the top of the mountain by falling there. Mm-hmm. And when I have a big talk, I prepare for hours for that 45-minute talk. Now, I don't prepare for every talk, but the more you prepare for 
you know, all your talks at work, the faster it gets, the easier it gets, the more you get used to talking from notes as opposed to, you know, there's no extra credit for not using notes. People like sure. when you come in with notes. I don't like it when someone says, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to say. The person's wasting my time. You mm -hmm. knew there was a meeting. You didn't think for three minutes before the meeting to get a piece of paper and write down some notes for us. So pretty much people like when you speak from notes and they want you to be successful. Actually, what they want is your information. So really, even if you weren't the one delivering it, they'd be equally happy. No one's expecting you to be giving a perfect talk. They just want your stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that's the big takeaway is to be prepared ahead, not only with what I intend to say, but what questions might I get? How would I answer that? So maybe I should put that content into my talk or certainly be prepared to speak about it. So it's preparation beforehand. And when Good. you Thank talk you. about preparation, would standing in front of the mirror or just walking around your living room and talking uh, part of that preparation? I would say if you are in... Uh, if you're in a place that has, if you're going to speak at the boardroom uh, or if you're going to speak at a conference table, just sneak into the conference table the day before, stand where you're going to stay, lock the door, <laughs> and rehearse your talk looking at people and looking at people and kind of get used to the environment. I remember once I was going to give a talk, some hotel in some other city. So in my own city, I went to a hotel, walked up on their stage and, pre and rehearsed in front of that or that group. Even when you're going to speak, get to the room, not only early, but too early, sit where you want to sit, make sure everything works, you know, minimize the mm -hmm. variables. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, that I would say that rehearsing and, and even in your own house to stand in front of your, your dining room or your, your kitchen chairs and talk to that person for a while and talk, just kind of do everything you can to get used to yourself delivering it. So when you're in front of people after the first five minutes of normal fear, you can automatically, I mean, still, you can automatically look comfortable and confident because you've rehearsed doing that. Now, is mm -hmm. eye contact important when you're delivering to a room full of people or do you pretend like you're looking at someone and not really looking? Uh -huh. So what I do is I look kind of at the bridge of the nose. Okay. So it looks like I'm looking at you, but I'm not getting distracted by the person. Mm -hmm. Now in Zoom, right now, like look at my face. Right now, I'm looking at you guys in the eye, but you can watch my, look, see my face, but right now, but doesn't it look like I'm looking right at you better? Mm -hmm. I'm looking now only at the camera. So right. when, when Zoom became more popular again, I've been using Skype and Zoom for years. That's how I work with my clients. I do just Zoom uh, meetings is I got in the habit of looking at the camera and that way, doesn't it look more sincere as opposed oh, to me looking like this? So it's a psychological game. Okay, I want them to hear my stuff. I better look sincere. Well, then I'll make myself look at the camera. Was I comfortable in the beginning? No. Did I make myself do it? Yes. Why? Because I want people to hear my stuff. Wow. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> now, you mentioned your book. Can you please tell us again what it is and how do people contact you? So I wrote a book that is a story about Mr. Bear give, has to give a speech at work. But I know... I don't like to, you know, like who moved my cheese, those fables. They're very good books. I don't like learning like that. I like just give me bullets. Just tell me the punchline. So what I did is at the end of each chapter, the whole entire chapter is summarized as bullets. And then under that, I put a separate category for 
the review of how the tips in that particular mm -hmm. chapter for stopping public speaking fear. 45 techniques to stop fear and TED Talk techniques on how to organize and hold people's attention. It's a killer book. And I wish I had a small, it's tiny. Oh, this is a big one, but oh, I do have it here. Oh, wonderful. Look how tiny, look how tiny this book is. Uh, yeah. Purposely wrote, a, purposely wrote a tiny book. Wow. Very good. You have to get a we'll, copy of that. Yeah. And uh, your website. Oh, confident with a T, confident speaking. Dot com. com. Okay. Yeah. And for our audio listeners, that will be in the descriptions of whatever platform you're listening to this on. And Kathleen, may I ask Dr. Wolf another question? Yes, absolutely. What advice do you have for our audience should a mishap happen, which the more public speaking you do, the more chance there is of a mishap happening. It might mm -hmm. be a microphone going dead. It might be someone fainting in the room. I've had that before. It uh, could be someone dropping a glass of water on the person sitting next to them. <laughs> and I mean, you, I'm sure you can have a, a much longer list than that. But accidents happen. How does a speaker, mm -hmm. a confident speaker, recover from some mishap? Okay, so first of all, I have notes and I know where I'm going to return back to. So as soon as, like, sometimes you hear, you know, in the back of the hotel, you'll hear them dropping a tray of glasses that are all breaking, or some, or if somebody faints, or if so, whatever happens, you just stop and you pay attention. Oh, look at that. Can someone help with that? Can, but remember, when you're in front of the room, you set the tone of the room. Yes. So if I go, oh, my God, someone fainted? Is there anyone? Everyone's agitated. If I go, oh, this isn't good. Can someone watch out for her? Would you would you call hotel security and see if they can get a doctor? I it doesn't matter how I feel inside. I maintain calm because there could be way more important than people. There could be people in the room way more important than me. But who's mm -hmm. ever in the front of the room is in charge at that moment. Yes. And you anticipate what's the worst thing that can happen. What will I do if that happens? Good one. Very good. Very good. Thank you for that. Good answer. Good. Uh, so I've got a final message for our audience. You know, We've had another really interesting guest today. We'll have more every week that comes up. If you want to make sure you don't miss news of our guests, then sign up for our newsletter. On our website, there's various forms and buttons where you can do that. And that, that's it from me. Back to Kathleen to wrap it up. Well, Dr. Wolf, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate My it. Pleasure. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.